the consequences of concealment are far greater than the consequences of confession. Welcome to the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast, where we talk about how you and your organization can take your next step in your leadership journey. Let's get to it. Welcome to the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast. We have our first official sponsor. I'm just kidding. Nobody's no sponsor. Nobody has stepped up yet. It's someday. Uh, one day someone will sponsor this podcast and I will be able to tell you about their amazing product. Who's your dream sponsor? Oh my gosh. I mean, I, I do wear a lot of Nike stuff. That would Stop. be cool. Stop right now. Don't email me about how Nike is woke. I Listen, they may or may not be. At the end of the day, show me a better product and then buy it for me. And I, I, I like Lululemon stuff too, man. They, they, it's comfortable. They aren't just women's yoga stuff, man. Why is That's it? That's great. Yeah. And let me just say this and then we'll dive into the podcast. If women can wear yoga pants... And sweatshirts in public, I think it should be okay for men too. Would you wear them? Hundred percent. Really? I'm doing it this Sunday? Just kidding. That would be. You, we'd end. We'd end up on. We'd leaders. have to start third chance church. Third chance because our second chance would be over. <laughs> Today's podcast, Cole. Why don't Why don't you introduce the subject this week? Yeah. So I think one of the things that I, I want to say maybe that we've become known for, and one of the cultures that we've created is that we are a church of messy people. Mm-hmm. And you'll joke about it from the stage even like sometimes it's our own staff that seems messy. 100%. And I you know being somebody that's walked through some messy situations in my own life, I would love to get your your perspective for some people out there that are um either in churches or organizations that are walking through some of these uh, struggles or messy situations themselves or um, leaders of people that are walking through messy situations. And so I, let me just kind of ask you this. I'm going to give you a scenario, and I, I just kind of want to chat about this for a second. Um, let's say I'm a new, I'm a person that works at a church. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a lot of churches, and I've been a part of some of these churches, we will say things like, you know, no one's perfect, or everyone has their own struggles, or, you, you know, stuff like that. Sure. Um, but there's this like unspoken line when it comes to sin that somebody working in a church can't cross without right. getting reprimanded, church, church disciplined or fired even. Right. Um, I guess just to leave it open to you, what would you say to a person right now that's in the middle of that situation? They have a, a situation in their life where they feel like they've crossed the line. Okay. Go ahead. I'm getting pretty fired up. <laughs> I can tell. I... uh so this is going to be controversial, and um, it's okay. As we talked about in past episodes, we can disagree and love each other. I hate it when people go, pastors are held to a higher standard. Not true. And true at the same time. We are held to a higher standard by Jesus. But when a group of people get together and identify themselves 
by the label that they are the people that hold the pastor or the leader accountable, you find those people in Scripture. They're called Pharisees. They killed Jesus. When you're on the team that killed Jesus, you're on the wrong team. Now, that does, does it mean pastors can't be held accountable or shouldn't be held to account? No. But if your only two passages of Scripture for holding pastors accountable are Titus 1 and 2 Timothy 3, you are a walking Pharisee. And let me tell you why. There's not a pastor on the planet that has upheld the standards set forth in Titus 1 and 2 Timothy 3. There, it's, it's like letter of the law versus spirit of the law. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, should, should pastors and church leaders strive to live a great, awesome, moral life? Absolutely. And we will all fall short. Now, that's not an excuse. Yeah. But Paul himself in Romans said, for all, fall, for all sin and fall short of the glory of God, which is actually a quote in the Old Testament. And then in Romans 7, I mean, I love to hear people try to work around that theologically. Paul's talking about his past, his past life. No, he self. said, no, no, I struggle. I do some stuff I wish I didn't do. And I'm like, thank God for the honesty of Paul. So... Yeah, what would you so and this is I, I like asking you this question because this is actually how we met. <laughs> right. Back in the day is I came to you and said, Man, I have this struggle in my life. Well let, let back up, tell the story about how you reached out. Because so, this is kind of funny. For me not funny, but funny. It's yeah. For me, I, I had been struggling with um some mental health issues, some addiction I- issues. Um What was your addiction called? Go ahead and, and say it, it. I was struggling with alcohol pretty bad. Yeah. And at the time, Perry was really the only pastor that I had ever really known or heard of that had walked through some of that stuff, at least that I knew of. Right, right. Now right. I'm very aware that people walk through that often. Mm-hmm. I, we, they just don't talk about it. Hide it under a bushel? No. We sing hide it under a bushel? Yes. That's yeah, a throwback. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And so I, I had contact. I actually reached out to him through a Twitter. No, not no, Twitter. I'm Instagram. DM on Instagram. Yeah, Which randomly. I never check. I never check my DMs. Because right now, somebody's going, I'm going to DM Perry. I never check my DMs. It was truly, truly, and I mean this when I say this, it was a Holy Spirit thing that we connected right. in that way. I remember that. I remember very clearly where I was. And so like, just you remembering back to those moments, like, what are the things that you told me then and walked me through then? Because I was terrified. Like, I thought that I had, quote-unquote, crossed the line. Mm-hmm. And it, maybe there's somebody else out there in that situation. What? How would you encourage them? Well, I ultimately, ultimately, Cole, I encouraged you to get fired. But what I said <laughs> to you, what I said to you was— In an honorable way. In a very honorable way. Um, what, I, what, I to, what I ask you is, can you go and tell— your senior pastor about this? And your response to me was no. And I asked you why. And you, you said, I think I'll get fired. Um, and I just, let me pause. I don't know if you, I've ever told you this. Um, I called a staff meeting that day, that day after we got off the phone. 
Um, and I told our team about the conversation, which was fine because I they didn't know you and I didn't think they would ever meet you. Yeah. And I said, I just want you guys to know that I never want that thought to be the first thought that goes through your mind if you screw up. Mm. I don't care how bad you screw up. I want you to feel the freedom to walk in, talk to me. Don't let me get surprised. You tell me. And then we together will figure out a way to walk through it. Um, You're getting ahead of me here, but I, I know, I know. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But anyway, so I'll get back. So I told you, I said, go to your, go, go to your. I said, you need to go to your pastor and you need to, you need to tell him what you're what you're dealing with. I mean, I, which was I, the the right answer, hundred percent. Because I mean, either you here's the deal, either you confess or you get caught. And I said it years ago in a sermon, and I'll stick by it. The consequences of concealment are far greater than the consequences of confession. Oh, man, that's good. It's true. It, it's true. Every single time in my life that I've come clean, been honest, whether or not I was terrified about it, I actually ended up, I think actually it's an avenue for God to bless you. 100%. So let me ask you this. I'm curious what you think. And I, I, I kind of came up with an answer to this this morning myself, So, but I want to hear from you first. What is the line? Like, he just, is did, there air, he just two, did air quotes when he did the line. Yeah. Is there a too far? Is there, like, do you know what I mean? I mean, obviously the answer to that is yes. Yeah. There is a too far. For example, um, if, if, a staff member says, listen, um, you're going to hear about this on the news, but I lost my temper on the way into work today. And I, at the red light, I got out of my car and I, I sprayed 40 cars with an Uzi. Okay. <laughs> oh well, we're, we're, okay, we're probably, probably not going to probably got some anger issues. That are, like if you did it in traffic, you'll probably do it to the, to the student ministry, so we probably don't need you working. You know, it it's like let's let's take that situation. Now that's a that's an extreme situation. Obviously, if a if a child or a student is molested, um, and it's it's a credible accusation that has to be dealt with. That is a I mean that's a automatic um that's automatic termination. Now still try to help the person. Um, for me, I am I am the person that. If somebody steals financially, I, that's a that's an automatic termination. Yeah, um, because that's just that's just one of those things that you you can't tolerate. But I say that to say there are very few hard lines in the sand, and I think the church has unintentionally like drawn some. They've kind of done what the Pharisees did. Jesus had the Ten Commandments, and then the Pharisees made up commandments so you wouldn't even get close to breaking the original commandment. Yeah, fences within the fences. Yes, yes. So, so, so for example, Colt, let's, say, let's just say this, and not everybody's going to agree with me on this, and that's fine. Let's say, um, and this hasn't happened in our church, so I'm not telling on a staff member, so don't try to get all, who's he talking about? Let's say we got a <laughs> staff member named Bob, and I always pick Bob because this is easy. And Bob comes to me and says, hey, listen, Pastor P, I need to confess, um, I've been looking at porn. 
Okay, well, um, Bob, are we talking child pornography? Child pornography, and some people go, "Is there a difference?" Yes, yes, there is. Yeah, quite a bit of a difference. Yeah. So, so let's say that that Bob is looking at, we'll just put it average porn. He's not looking at kids porn. <laughs> He's just looking at <laughs> your basic porn site or whatever. And, um, and in most churches, Bob gets fired. I know of a church, I know for a fact about a church, and nobody from this church is listening to this podcast, I promise, because I'm doing this podcast, but there was a pastor at a church, up-and-coming pastor, rock star, like this guy is, and he looked at porn. Cole, I don't know how many times, it was I, It was less than five, I think, which, you know, number one, don't look at porn, okay? That's just, it's not, it's not good. He goes to his leadership team and confesses and gets fired. And I'm like, oh, uh, I don't like, I, th- I think that maybe this guy can be helped. Yeah. I think this guy, but like that affects his wife. It affects his kids. And everybody goes, well, you shouldn't have been looking at porn. I agree. hundred percent. Dude, shouldn't have looked at porn. Wrong thing to do. Bad decision. But to fire somebody over that? Let me. Can I give you some of my thoughts yeah. about this? Because I'm curious what you think. This morning, I'm, I was thinking about David and Saul, both kings of Israel. Um, Saul loses his anointing. David becomes the greatest king of all time, man after God's own heart. Right. And what's interesting to me is that um, I can't remember exactly. First Samuel 15, maybe. Um, Samuel actually confronts Saul, and says, you've disobeyed God. Right. And Saul's response is, no, I didn't. I, I obeyed what, I actually obeyed what God told me to do. And then in 2 Samuel 13, you have David and Bathsheba who, and you could argue David, David's sin was way, way, way worse. Like he murders a dude, steals his wife, like lies, like it's, it's really bad. Yeah. And when David is confronted by Nathan Right? I like where you're going with this. Nathan? Yeah. David's immediate response is, oh my gosh, I, I sinned against God. Yes. I'm sorry. Yes. And so I guess my thought was like, I'm kind of getting preachy here. Sorry. My thought was like, I think what we've done in the church is we've taken, we, we've drawn lines when it comes to the sin. And I wonder if the line actually has to do with your level of repentance for that sin. One thousand percent. And so I, I don't think it's like, I wonder if it's not what is the line. It's maybe we've drawn the wrong lines. Well, I think it's who is the person. So if a person comes and let's let's go back to the porn, they say I'm struggling with porn. Okay, we're obviously going to take some steps to get you some help. We're obviously going something's broken, something's off, something's not where it needs to be. Because if you have Jesus living in you, then something I know about you is you don't want to be doing that. Let let me let me just kind of pause and talk about my own life. So when I was drinking excessively, and when I say drinking excessively, dude, I was. Yeah. I mean, there's no, you know how some people go, I had a little too much to drink. Okay, you passed a little too much to drink four hours ago. You're speaking <laughs> cursive and you have a lampshade on your head. You have, <laughs> you have crossed the line, okay? Yeah. But so this was the fight in me, Cole. Every morning I get up and I would say, Today's the day. Today's the day. I'm not going to drink anymore. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And then by about three or four o'clock, I'm like, well, you know, 
I'll gradually quit. And the next thing I know, you're three I'm, sheets to the I've wind. I've done it again. I've done it again. And so if someone is has Christ in them, but they're living in sin, they're miserable. And they need, like, I needed help. And by God's grace, I got through it. It's all, it's always, you know, looking back, it's always been by his grace, yeah, right? But yeah. at the end of the day, I think a leader's responsibility, like if a sheep comes to you and the sheep is wounded, you don't shoot the sheep. Hmm. You you help it. You you figure out what's the best way to put this sheep in a position where it can it can win and it can be healthy and it can be good. Hmm. This is good. Thank you. I like this. This is it's your podcast. You came up. So with it. let's flip the script now for a second. Let's say you you are the leader and you are the leader of this church. Yes. And you know we we think and especially me, I think you do such a good job of leading us through our brokenness. Right. And so what are some things you value as the leader of our staff and our church that have allowed us to be open and vulnerable and honest with you? And just, I guess we feel the comfort, we feel comfortable to, to be 100% who we are mm-hmm. and not have to hide anything from you. What, how, how do you do that? It's it's one of those things that I'm learn I'm still learning how to do. Um, I prefer someone being honest over someone being fake, because if they'll be fake to me, then they'll be fake to the people they're ministering to. And at the end of the day, your ministry can only go so far if you're fake. Mm-hmm. You 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 got to be real, and that means ministering out of your strengths. And it also means ministering out of your weaknesses. So one of the things that I've tried to do as a leader is establish an environment where you can come talk to me about anything. Hmm. Um, and I think I think you've seen this, so you would you would agree that this is true. I don't ever give permission for people to keep doing it. Like, I don't ever go, yeah, man, I know that's tough. Just just pray about it. I, I'm not okay with that. Just like I'm not okay with anything that I do wrong. And, you know, I got a wife that'll call me out. I'm, you do too. I know. <laughs> I, know. I, mean, she, I mean, so, at, but at the end of the day, I'm not trying to create an environment where we all give each other permission to be these messed up, jacked up people and just keep keep living in that dysfunction because that's no way to live. And, it, and at the end of the day, once again, if we've got Jesus living in us, we're all miserable living that way. Mm-hmm. But I would rather have an environment where somebody can come to me and say, this is what I'm struggling with. And instead of like taking out the, the ministry gun and shooting them with a disqualification bullet, we try to figure out, okay, what can we do to help this person? And this is the other thing, Cole, that a lot of people don't talk about. It's a process. Like if you're going to walk with somebody through something, like it's a, you can't, like if you give them a two week deadline, I'm going to go and tell you either number one, they're going to fail or number two, they're going to lie to you because if somebody is truly addicted to alcohol, they're not going to quit in two weeks. Now, once again, I've seen the miracles. 
I've seen the exceptions to that. But at the end of the day, <laughs> when Jesus calls us to walk with messy people, that means that sometimes walking with these people is going to be messy. Yeah, and we've talked a little bit about how, you know, people get, I guess, quote-unquote, caught in sin, and then, you know, the church makes them sign a sign a piece of paper, yep. like, I'm not going to do this, 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 mm-hmm. this, this. And what's interesting to me is, you know, this is a leadership podcast. I think there's, there's sometimes instituting policy actually takes away leadership. So if you make something that's gray, black and white, it takes away your ability to actually navigate the situation and work with that. Per- Does that make sense? Well, it, like a policy makes it black and white, whereas like you, what you've done with us is you, you know, I didn't have to sign a paper when I came on saying, I will never drink again. And that allows you to actually walk with me through. Is that, does, it, does that make sense? hundred percent. The easiest thing. To, so first of all, let me back up. The reason that people are asked to sign staff covenants. And once again, if, let, let me pause to say this. If your pastor asked you to sign a staff covenant and you signed it, don't listen to this podcast. Go get your staff covenant, rip it up, and throw it in his face. <laughs> oh okay, honor honor the That's culture. That's a joke. That, yeah, but like, don't honor the culture that honor the culture that you stepped into. Like and if, if you, and if you signed it at the end of the day, like if you signed, you signed it, you signed it. it. Yeah. So so like, do your best to honor your word. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. But yeah. I will. So with that being said, I will say this. Um, Asking people to sign a piece of paper is less about leadership and more about control. Mm-hmm. I'll say it again. It's less about leadership and it's more about control. Because if I got you to sign that piece of paper saying that you won't do it and you do it, I control you. Hmm. But if I control you, I don't have to lead you. There's a difference. If I, if I control you, then I can make you do what I want you to do. Or you lie to me about it. Yeah. But if I lead you, then that means I have to sit down in the mess with you, mm. learn your story, learn what you're fighting with, learn what you're fighting through, and actually help you develop a plan to help you walk through it. Hmm. I love it. You can't, as a leader, you can't endorse sin. At some point, you've got to say... Hey man, we've tried this and we've tried this and we tried this, but I think Cole, and this is where it, you know, I, I wish I could give a solid answer, but I can't. This is where you've really, as a leader, got to lean in to the Holy Spirit. You got to lean into Jesus and say, "Have I done my best as a leader to help this individual walk through this issue?" And if you have, and they're still not responding, and they're still insisting on um, walking and living in perpetual sin, then you—that's when you got to make the hard decision. But in your heart, you, I think as a leader, you got to know you did everything in the world to set them up for success. Yep. yep. Hmm. Can I? I, I just want to ask one more question for you. I, I've heard you talk a little bit about like, how do I say this? When you when so for us, we we've cho- we've chosen to be a love, grace, mercy first mm-hmm. sort of church. That's mm-hmm. really one of our foundational pieces I think we're built on. Mm-hmm. I think the confusion oftentimes does come in 
with our church as a whole, like, a, you know, we've heard it like, oh, well, I thought this was second chance. Like we, we almost, it's almost like a, a license to sin. How, yes. how as a leader do you navigate? Cause that's, you want to be careful about building that culture correctly. So one of the things that I have to keep in mind, and this, once again, I, I look at it through my lens first is like second chance. This is my second chance. It's my second chance to lead. And it's also my second chance to, to really screw up pretty bad, you know? <laughs> and so I've, I've, when we started this church, I said, I want to start a church for the really messy, unchurched people. Now, let me pause. It's easy to say that. But when they show up, and trust me, I love our church, but when I stand in the first-timers area every single Sunday, um, I don't just get to meet first-timers. I get to hear confessions. Yeah. And uh, we've got – and but praise God. Praise God that they feel like they can open up. And Can I be honest with you? For me and Addie, it was honestly uncomfortable at first because we were so indoctrinated into like what you're allowed to say and do in church that there were moments that I was like, "Can you say that?" Right, <laughs> right. You know, and so, but I love it. Like it's so beautiful to me because it's actually working. Well, so continue. When, so when people come in and they say, you know, we've had to have some difficult conversations with staff members. We've had to have some difficult conversations. With, with volunteers, and when they pull out the sack, well, I thought this was second chance. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it is second chance. But second chance means I'm going to do my best to get up, dust myself off, and then walk with Jesus. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean second chance isn't a second chance to keep sinning. Second chance is understanding that by God's grace, I'm not dead. I'm not in a hospital. I'm not homeless by God's grace. I'm here today and I'm going to maximize the rest of this life that God has given me. It's not, I've heard that before. Like people are, I thought this was second chance. It is second chance, but, but at the end of the day, I love you too much to watch you blow up your life. Yeah. I really do. I think it goes back to this, like, you know, Saul says, what are you talking about? You know, I, I did what God said, and David said, I sinned against God. And it, like, I think you, you're offered a second chance through your repentance. And if you, at the end of the day, you don't think you're doing anything wrong, it's, it's almost like you, you're not allowing yourself the opportunity to get your second chance. You know what I mean? Right. I don't, I don't want people in our church to ever settle for living in the short-term pleasures of sin and missing out on how great Jesus is, you mm-hmm. know? And and when I say short-term pleasures of sin, you know, it is pleasurable. Yeah. And, and I've had people push back on me going, sin's not fun. And I always say, it's because you didn't do it right. <laughs> if you do it right, sin is a lot of fun. I've had a lot of, like, if, if it's not that fun, then why do they have to tell me to stop doing it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just, hey, I'll get even more personal. That buzzed feeling right before you get drunk, I'm just telling you, it feels great. Let me pause. Hey, baby. baby. My wife just popped in. Hey, Um, baby. And Cole's wife just popped in. So, So I love that feeling. But at the end of the day, that leads the next day, a hangover, like a true hangover, sucks butt. 
I mean, it is awful to feel that way. So, so sin is pleasurable for a short time, but the long-term payment, it's like, it's like the, the 3000% credit card. Yeah. You pay for it and it's awesome, but whew, those payments, yeah. they suck. And so, so saying all that to say, my encouragement and my leadership is always going to try to be to lead people towards Jesus. And if you, and, and that's the other thing, if you focus more on leading people towards Jesus, you can't pursue Jesus and sin at the same time. Mm. So if you're pursuing Jesus, you're not pursuing sin. And so that's where the focus has to be is trying to get people to do their best to pursue Jesus. I love it, man. Well, do you have anything you'd like to say to close us out? No, I, well, actually, yeah, I would just say as a, as leaders in the church, um, one of the things that we can lose sight of very quickly is how much grace that, that we've been given. And we can actually start to think that God's blessing us because we're pretty darn good people. I mean, come <laughs> on, I get up and read my Bible every day and I <laughs> pray a prayer and I, I, I fast and I journal and all that stuff's really wonderful. But at the end of the day, the, the only reason we have a ministry, no matter who we are, is because of the grace of God. And so if we forget that, we'll start leading our people by law. And when we start leading our people by law rather than grace, we become Pharisees. Mm. That's, that's, all, that's all I got, man. Yeah, that's all man. I got for this today. Was a good po- this was a good episode. It was great. Thanks for writing it out. Thank you for joining us on the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast. If you have questions about this episode or any episode or you want to sponsor us, how much does it cost to sponsor the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast? One million dollars. I don't know. We'll figure something out. Just I don't know. Send me a Sullivan's gift card, and we'll get you. Yeah, we'll, we'll say your name. Say say your name. Say my name. Say my name. Should I be singing that song? Anyway, thank you so much for joining yeah. the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast. We'll talk to you next time. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast. We hope you had a blast spending time with us. For more thoughts on leadership, visit Perry's blog at perrynoble.com. Whoa, 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 whoa.